0: Hello and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do, so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello there and welcome to episode 11, the third in our series on getting you time. Now, you might be able to tell I'm sounding A little gravelly this week, because someone's kindly shared a bug with me. One of the perils of living such a wide and varied life, I guess, but we'll crack on. Don't worry, I'm going to keep quite far away from the microphone, so I don't give it to you. Talking of you, before we get started, you know each week I ask you to share this podcast if you enjoy it, and I say that if you want to do that, you can go onto iTunes and rate it, or share it with your friends. But would you do me a favour? If you're someone that I know that listens to this because you know me, would you take a minute to just do that? A quick rating on iTunes, or share the vodka... Or share the vodka. (laughs) A quick rating on iTunes, or share the podcast via Twitter or Facebook. It'd mean a lot. And if you're someone that's listening who's come across this in another way, would you share it via Twitter or Facebook with one person that you think would like it? It would mean the world, it takes a second and it'll make a huge difference. Thank you. So we've already looked at resource to give you ideas and inspiration on why you should take getting time to yourself seriously. We've covered where there's help in the form of podcasts, apps, and other online options. And this week, it's the turn of the written word. We're going to look at two books this week, 10% Happier from Dan Harris, and How to Live a Good Life by Jonathan Fields. For those that don't know, Dan Harris is an established reporter and anchor at ABC News. As you can imagine, an environment where only the fast-paced, hard-working, most bombastic people succeed. But on the 7th of June 2004, on ABC News Good Morning America, he had a panic attack, live, on air, in front of millions of people. Here's what it sounded like.
1: And next tonight, something different. Imagine millions of people watch your life come unglued, an all-out panic attack on TV. It happened to our Dan Harris, but his journey of discovery brought back some lessons for all of us about our lives, too, and he's telling us about it tonight, Dan. Hi, Dan. This is a very personal story, as you know, because you were right there when it all started. Sometimes there are things holding us back from being happy, and we're not aware of it until life hits us over the head with a frying pan, and that is what happened to me.
2: From ABC News, this is Good Morning America. Welcome
1: to the most embarrassing day of my life. We're gonna go now to Dan Harris is at the news desk, Dan. Good morning, Charlie and Diane, thank you. This, this is me 10 years ago. And the reason this is the most embarrassing day of my life is not that it looks like I've been attacked by a blow dryer and a can of hairspray. No, it's that I am about to freak out on national television health news now one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications may be providing a big bonus researchers report people who take cholesterol-lowering drugs called statins for at least five years may also lower their risk for cancer but it's too early to, to prescribe statins slowly for cancer production at this point I realize I'm helpless so I bail right in the middle uh, that does it for news we're gonna go back now to Robin and Charlie All right, thanks very much, Dan Harris at the news desk with some of the headlines of the morning. Wanna go to Tony Perkins now, he is. Once the fear subsided, humiliation rushed in. I knew with rock solid certainty that I had just had a panic attack on national television. So why would I tell you this very embarrassing story? Because that on-air meltdown was the culmination of something that had been building for years, something I never stopped to address.
0: According to his book, This was the culmination of many things, fast living, drug use, pressure to succeed, but what he learned as he went on his journey was that the root of it all was an inability to deal with that racing mind, that mental chatter, the constant noise of the voice in his head telling him he wasn't good enough or do this or do that. And we all have it. Right now, you may be listening to this podcast, but are you only listening to this podcast? The chances are that you might also be online or driving, or in some way, paying attention to a potential thousand other things, but give yourself a minute to settle. Have you ever been in the shower and realised that you're rehearsing a conversation that you've got to have later? Or have you ever been sat at the table eating dinner with your family and noticed that you haven't heard a word they've said because that annoying voice is going over something which went wrong today? How about right now? What's going on in your head right now, other than this podcast? It's only when you pay attention to that voice that you realise it's probably not helping you do what you're actually doing. Why did I say that? Next time I'm going to say something different. I'm definitely going to say something different next time, if it happens again. I wonder what she thinks. Where's the cat gone? Oh, bolognese for dinner tonight, I think. I must get some petrol. hope it's not rainy today. I'm always in a bad mood when it's raining. What's the time? Now, we may not find ourselves having a panic attack live on air in front of millions of people, but this constant chatter, this constant inner voice, is a symptom of a busy mind. In some circumstances, being able to take different things into account, of course, can help. But are we honest with ourselves about when it's truly helping, as opposed to when it's just happening? In fact, are we even aware that it's happening? What if you could find a way of making that decision consciously, of being aware of what's happening in your head, and then choosing to either go with the voice, or decide that on this occasion, it's not actually helping you do whatever it is that you're doing, right at that moment. Well, Dan's book tells just that story, about the journey that he went on to discover how he can tell the difference and how to make that choice. It takes us from his busy, drug-fuelled, frantic, pressured life to a place where he can remain calm, but without losing his edge. And the key is our old friend meditation. You see, meditation isn't just about being zen-like or sitting on a cushion ignoring the world. It offers a practical way to engage with the world and not lose your edge. The power is to enable you to buy yourself enough time to pause and make that choice. A choice to look at the gap between the match and the fuse and decide whether to react in the way that your inner voice is telling you to. Dan describes his approach as meditation for fidgety sceptics and I certainly fit into that category. Before I read this book, I definitely thought that the best approach to life was just to be determined and positive and focused, and I honestly thought of meditation eh, as something for people that want to zone out and disconnect. But I've learned that it's not like that at all, and there's plenty of evidence that because of how our brains are wired, we can also train them to act a little bit more in the way that we would prefer. It's based on science There's loads of neurological evidence and I can categorically tell you that it works for me. So I can personally and heartily recommend grabbing a copy of 10% Happier by Dan Harris. It's not a manual. It's not a textbook. It reads like a novel and it's a funny, light, easy read. What have you got to lose? Ruby Wax says that she loved it and reassures us that you don't have to become part of the Socks and Sandals Brigade. Andy Puddicombe the founder of Headspace, calls it a wonderful book and excellent advice. And Daniel Goleman, the author of Emotional Intelligence and Focus, says 10% Happier is hands down the best book on meditation for the uninitiated, the sceptical or the merely curious. He describes it as part confessional, part investigative journalism and 100% engrossing. He gets 4.5 out of 5 stars from 2,500 reviews on Amazon.com, And of course, you can get it from there or anywhere you buy great books. I'll put a link in the show notes, so that's 10% Happier by Dan Harris. Give it a try. So our second book this week is How to Live a Good Life by Jonathan Fields. If you've listened to earlier podcasts, you may remember that I came across Jonathan on the wonderful podcast The One You Feed. It was on that podcast that Jonathan explained about the Good Life Project and his theory on buckets. It was Sharp Podcast Episode 9, if you want to go back and listen. Now, what I like about Jonathan's approach is that he doesn't claim to be some kind of guru or thought leader. In that respect, I kind of uh, resonate with him because that's certainly not me. I'm not a, a guru or a thought leader. Um, what I try to do in these podcasts is pull together what I see that's around and about, that I know either works, has been proven to work, or I've personally found it to be useful. But Jonathan has interviewed many people who are thought leaders, who are gurus on the Good Life Project. People like Tim Ferriss, Sir Ken Robinson, and Richard Branson's mum. So Jonathan is well placed to pull together the threads of all those conversations, all that knowledge, and his book offers another practical down-to-earth way of making sense of the world. Here's a snippet of him talking about the book on GLP Radio.
2: There's something that's been going on uh, in the world over the last few years that's upsetting. And it's taking the form of people living increasingly mindless lives. People rising up and building lives of intense pace, but pace without a purpose, And busyness without a cause. And I've talked about this, and I write about it in the book. And I'm actually not anti-busyness, believe it or not. I'm anti-busyness for the wrong reasons and in the wrong way. In fact, if you filled your day (laughs) from the time you opened your eyes until the time you went to bed with nourishing movement, deep relationships, meaningful work, space that was actually planned into your day, And you were busy with that. That is a pretty stunning life. What I'm really talking about here is the divide between being autopilot, mindless and reactive. And being intentional, awake and alive.
0: You can go onto the website and download the first chapter for free to read it for yourselves. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And you'll see how Jonathan captures the massive complexity of life and then gives you a filter, a way of looking at it which helps you choose to take a different approach. What I like about this book, again, is it's simple, clear and really down to earth. On Amazon, it gets 4.6 out of 5 stars. Gretchen Rubin, the New York Times bestselling author of The Happiness Project and Better Than Before, says, We yearn for lives with more energy, enthusiasm and connection, but where do we start? The brilliant Jonathan Fields shows us in this thought-provoking and action-provoking guide. Daniel Pink, who's the author of Drive and To Sell Is Human, says How to Live a Good Life delivers on the promise of its title with a plethora of practical tips and in-depth exercises to help you become the best you can be. Get off autopilot and get into a life of positive energy, meaningful relationships and powerful purpose. And finally, Susan Cain, the co-founder of Quiet Revolution and the New York Times best-selling author of Quiet, says, Many people over the years have considered the question of how to live a good life. Drawn from Fields' wide-ranging intellectual sources and deeply kind hearts, How to Live a Good Life is the one book that you need to answer the one question that matters. So, give it a whirl. After all, we have only got one life, so giving it some thought about how to live it, is perhaps significant if you want to be better at what you do. Okay, that's going to be it for episode 11. I don't think my throat's going to hold out for much more, I'm afraid, this week. And that's the end in our series on how to devote some time to you and why it's important. As always, I hope you've enjoyed it and found it useful. Like I said at the start, it would give this podcast a really meaningful boost if you'd be prepared to take a minute to review, share, and spread the word. If you're on Twitter, we are at Sharp Podcast. Facebook is also at Sharp Podcast. And you can go onto the website by typing into your computer three W's followed by sharppodcast.com. Over the next few weeks, we're going to explore practical daytime productivity. Yep, getting stuff done quicker, faster, and better. I'm off to get some strepsils. Have a great week. Bye-bye. I wonder if they liked this week's episode. I hope they liked it. What shall I have for dinner? Don't fancy Bob again. Where is that cat?